homily for the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time, July 25th, 2021, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks. Earlier this year, Pope Francis dedicated this Sunday as a world day for grandparents and the elderly. What does this mean? To some, it may sound like one of those trivial days being commemorated in our culture, things like National Chocolate Day or National I Love My Pet Goldfish Day or something like that. Not at all. This is meant to be an annual observance to pray for this important segment of the Church. The fourth Sunday of July lands close to the memorial of Saints Joachim and Anne, the parents of the Blessed Virgin Mary, grandparents of the Christ Child. So we will be using some special petitions during Mass to mark this day and to join with our brothers and sisters throughout the world in offering special prayers, love, and concern for those in our older generations. Millions of people around the world, millions, will not have enough food to eat or clean water to drink today. That does not seem possible to us. We're used to having our creature comforts ready at hand, whatever they may be. Our definition of poverty does not match the definition of the word in many other parts of the globe. The joke goes that the biggest struggle many of our young people have is a Wi-Fi connection that is spotty or unreliable. So we may try to insulate ourselves from thinking about such things because they cause us discomfort and sorrow. Or prompted by today's scripture readings, we can step back and examine what it means to be rich or poor in the eyes of Jesus. And what kind of life is possible for us through generous, sacrificial giving? Let's set the stage by remembering the humility and simplicity with which our Lord lived out his ministry. Jesus once said that while foxes and birds have homes, the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. When he sent the apostles out in pairs to preach and heal, he did not make hotel reservations for them. Instead, he instructed them to ask, beg, really, for shelter, wherever they could find it, and to depart the town if everyone should refuse them. Jesus could be at home among the rich when the setting called for it, such as a dinner party at a dignitary's home, but at his core, Jesus was a lowly, poor man, choosing to live simply among the poor. He made himself dependent on the generosity of others. And because this is the lifestyle he chose, we do not say that he voided or diminished his ability to give the greatest of gifts. The fact that Jesus owned next to nothing in this world is not something we hold against him. Jesus' mode of life reminds us that what we consider ownership in this world is not in an absolute sense. More properly, we are called stewards. Stewardship goes way beyond a practical decision. It is an attitude of faith. To be specific, stewardship in Christ believes that the giver receives in the act of giving. 
Nothing kills one's spirit of charity like the opinion that charity is a zero-sum game. In other words, people who say, when I give, all it means is that I lose what I used to have so that someone else may now have it, greatly limit what God will give them. Small wonder, then, that many are tempted to give of their remnants instead of their first fruits. That is, to commit to giving what may be left over on the 31st of July, presuming something will be left over, then to tithe on the 1st of July, despite not knowing how July will unfold. The example of Jesus helps to break us of this bad habit. Now, with today's gospel, I like to put myself in the position of some of the characters. For example, Andrew brought forward a child with five loaves of bread and two fish. If I were that boy, what would my first instinct have been? Would I hide the food, afraid that I would lose it? Would I hoard it, thinking there's no way I could replace my meal in the middle of nowhere, with so many other hungry people on every side? Or would I present it to Jesus' disciples, like the boy did, and trust Jesus to use it well? This child had no idea, nor did anyone else, that Jesus would multiply his meal so that the crowd of several thousand people could eat their fill. But Jesus relied on the generosity of one meek person to bring his sacrificial gift for the benefit of many, including the one who first gave it. Let's take a careful look at a couple of details from today's gospel. First of all, St. John tells us that the bread Jesus multiplied was made of barley. This detail is important because barley was a cheaper grain than wheat, and it made for less savory bread than wheat. Simply put, barley bread was the food of the poor person's table. Many a rich person would turn up his or her nose at such peasant fare. Jesus' use of barley loaves to feed the multitude underscores his solidarity with the poor. One could even say that the barley loaves represent Jesus. To many, this man appeared ordinary at first. But once one got to know Jesus, one could see how extraordinary he was. Secondly, St. John emphasized that there were leftovers. So that the extra food would not go to waste, Jesus asks the apostles, certainly already exhausted from distributing the loaves and fishes, to pick up whatever fragments they could find. It amounted to twelve large baskets. There is an abundance to this miracle. Jesus did not intend to only provide a sample-sized morsel like the giveaways at Sam's Club, there was more than enough for everyone. When we fall into the habit of being stingy with one another and with God, it implies that we expect God to be stingy with us, or worse yet, worse yet that God is unable to completely satisfy our needs. If this is the gospel that we live from day to day, the people we encounter are getting the wrong idea about God. The example of Jesus invites us to see that we do have a treasure, both in our faith in Christ and in the material goods we now possess, regardless of what they are. 
we will best follow the example of Jesus by hungering for him, as the many people who sought him out in a deserted place, and by sharing what we have, not as though it came from us, but because it has come through us. One of the Beatitudes reads, Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Jesus is not describing someone who is lacking in love or devotion. If I am poor in spirit, it means that I recognize my poverty before God. Without his grace, I am poorest of all. But with the riches of his grace, I can better withstand any sort of material poverty. If I am poor in spirit, I admit that what I have, I ought to share, and that doing so enriches both me and the one to whom I minister. I want to close with something that Pope St. John Paul II once said. No one is so poor that they have nothing to give, and no one is so rich that they have nothing to receive. Amen.